This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello and welcome to Like-Minded Friends with me, Susie Ruffle. And me, Tom Allen. How are you doing, Tom? Well, I, I am a little warm, but I'm not, you know, everybody's talking about it, so I'm not going to talk about it. I'm a little bit warm, but it's, it's no bad thing. It's fine. Well done. Well done. I sort of talked about it, didn't I? You did sort of talk about it. You sound quite stressed by it. I am a little bit stressed by it. I'm not sleeping very well. And you know, normally I'm a nine hour. Nine hour a night girl. To keep my my bags in check. And uh, recently I've been more of a six hour a night person. And that's not been, that's not been welcome. No, it's not been good for you at all. Not at all. Now, Tom, we've got a slightly different episode this week, haven't we? Yes, I'm very excited about it. We talked before about... uh, using the Like Minded Friends platform to uh, introduce you, our listenership, to some fabulous people we've met uh, along the way. And um, today is a very special. Yes, I think so. So we really felt at Like Minded Friends like we would love to use the platform for some really interesting, don't don't worry guys, there will be a lot of conversation next week about La Cruzes, about mm. Tom's mum's hairdresser mm. probably, about all the things that you know yeah, and yeah. love about Like Minded Friends. But yeah. this week we thought we'd have a bit more of a, uh, take on a bit of a, a bigger subject and talk about something that's a bit more important uh, than all of that stuff. Uh, we're talking to a friend of mine, Jess Moraine, and also uh, Black Lives Matter's Hertfordshire, who are a group of young people that are incredible that Jess is going to tell us all about. But the reason that we've got Jess on as well is that Jess is my friend and she connected us with the Black Lives Matter's Hertfordshire uh, group. And uh, this sort of came about because uh, sort of... Not long after the death of George Floyd in America, Jess and I were texting. We worked together a couple of years ago on a short film and we were, were having a conversation about how to uplift voices. And it felt like, like-minded friends, it would be a great opportunity. Um, it would be something that we would love to do. And we've often thought about how we can use the podcast in a really positive way. And this feels like a really, hopefully a really great way of doing it. And hopefully you, our listeners, will enjoy that as well. So hello, Jess. Hello, friends. Nice to see you in this this blinding apocalyptic heat. Hi, Jess. Yes, it Hi. is apocalyptic, isn't it? It is slightly. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good word for it. Yeah, yeah. The the leaves in the garden. Let me tell you, they're falling off the trees. They're too warm. They're mulch. They're dry yeah. mulch. So they're is my um, my borrowed laptop is also uh, under quite a lot of duress, guys. So give me you know give me the heads up if uh, if you. Uh, Hear me melting on screen. Uh, I get that actually quite a lot where my like Zoom calls will go, um, I'm too hot, I'm too hot. Maybe closing Zoom would help. I'm like, the only reason I'm using you is because I can't turn, if I turn Zoom off, I may as well just throw the whole thing in the bin. That seems quite extreme. Well, that's how warm I was. Okay, fine. Um, Um, Yes. So, Jess, how are you? So, Jess and I met, dear listener, Jess and I met when we were doing a short film last... I said it was last year. Jess has now corrected me. It was two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was this short film? What's all this short film about? What was it about? It was really good, actually. It was written by a friend of ours, Mark Pinkosh, who um, yeah. also has a theatre company called Starving Artists. And it was sort of a love story. 
Jess and I have stories. It was a love story. I mean, Mark's a babe, total babe. Hello to Mark. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a, it was a, it was the first time, well, it, well actually, it wasn't the first time I'd met you. I met you um, in Edinburgh. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of like a, I feel like it was also a little bit of an anti-love story of like looking at, I don't know, looking at one person's routine or navigating the world of what it is to, to be an artist or, but yeah, we had a, we had some fun, you know, sexier scenes. We did. Yeah. I kept laughing. I kept laughing when we were doing kissing. Oh my goodness. What, you were laughing. Why? That's not very. I don't think that's sexy. I don't think that made the edit. Mm, I've never seen, I've never seen a film where that happens actually. Where someone's like, yeah, <laughs> that should yeah. make the edit. That yeah. should. Yeah. Maybe it's a bit more, bit more normal. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Right. We also had a really fun conversation before, like not fun, like the conversation that we absolutely should have. But when you're shooting a, a scene like that, you sort of go. So at one point, I think I'm going to sort of touch your hips. Are you comfortable with that? And then I'll sort of like, I'll, I'll give you a hug a bit. And how do you feel about me sort of putting my hands on the back of your neck? And sort of saying, and you, you had to clear that you discussed. I these wanted things. to clear it. That's yeah, cool. I mean, we did. We went in, and like in a weird sort of way, that was kind of. I love that as much as I did the filming. Like you know, the planning. Go. You need planning of the planning. Maybe people should do that more. That's well, they what do. They say, you know, we've got intimacy advisors now. We we oh, didn't have yeah. one, but you know, we no, we didn't. Out. We Clearly, that out. Mark thought these two girls. They've had some intimacy before. Sure. <laughs> but I mean, in, in real life, maybe people should do that. Schedule it. I'm going to touch your hip and then I'm going to touch this. It sounds like a sort of, like a dance that you would do, you know, like when everyone oh. does it at the same time. Like the Macarena. Just like that. Mm, yeah. It kind of baffles me in a way that like, like why haven't we been doing that all along? Do you know what I mean? Like, how yeah. you know, oh, nice to meet you. So like, okay, get on set and start snogging. Like, like that's just yeah. like been the supposed norm for so long. It's... It's fucking weird. So yeah, the chat was good. Yeah, it was very good. Now, Jess, you're one of those actors that actually work, aren't you? (laughs) Maybe not not so much now, I'll be honest. Um, Slightly reduced uh, space for that. But yes, I've been up to a few things. Yeah, it's been been a good old run, actually. I'm having fun. And what sort of happened? Because you do a lot of theatre, don't you? Yes. You've done stuff with the RSC and then stuff sort of all over the shop. And you've also got your own theatre company. Yeah, I kind of want to do a, a bit of a mishmash. I'm, I'm sort of more from a collaborative uh, background. I'm very much about like the making side of things. Um, and at the same time, I'm working with companies in sort of their proposed projects. But at the same time, I make my own stuff. I do a lot of writing. So it's sort of, yeah, cross, cross-disciplinary um, making, combining like poetry, live music. I'm interested in artist filmmaking. So I, I, I guess I try not to box myself in, but my main, my main jam is is as theatre making and poetry oh and yeah. what has sort of what has lockdown been like for someone because we know what it's like for people that work yeah. in comedy but what's it been like for someone who works a lot in theatre do you know what I think I was just, I'm having so many conversations about this at the moment and that that for me has been such a wonderful revelation is like actually there's so much on the artist and that's a capitalist thing right like what is what is our value what's the output what are you making and like, actually, loads of, like, loads of mates and I have just been talking, how, how do we acknowledge that this is a moment to actually just slow the fuck down? And mm. you know, I'm no less of an artist if I can't find a physical space to make in. But um, yeah, I think yeah. there's been a real, a real loss for the, the theatre maker, understandably, because you, you, we all know why theatres need to be closed, but the, it's sort of a very, very quick, quick shift, such a global 
moment that essentially to you know I, I go to my you know walk up my local and um, walk around my local area and the pub is open and and yet the, the place at my place of work I can't I can't be with people I think that's the loss for, for loads of artists that make in the live what where does that go and I think that's the, the maybe the biggest question is how is the artist valued how is the theatre maker valued and like how do we gather in alternative ways? I think that's mm. the question. Yeah, mm, that's a bit, yeah. I love that that uh, that stance on it as well, like alternative ways of gathering. Because I suppose it is a it is a chance to break out of what has become quite. A, I'm sure it has many positives as well. But that kind of quite system system based theatre, isn't it? It's all kind of quite regimented. Do you know what I mean? Like it's all quite. Mm -hmm. And I think I don't know. It's I'm sure it's got lots of flaws which actually now is a good time to um ex explode them and yeah man bring it down like <laughs> just bring it all down i was talking to um, uh, a very exciting artist called selena thompson um recently and and she kind of reminded me of like how you know actors and theater makers are very it's very much often very intense it's like right let's make something in a four-week period in a room with no light and, <laughs> and like, what are we what um this is a moment that we can really like reflect and yeah take a bit of a, a pause to work out what stories we want to share i think i was having a really interesting with the theater maker travis alabanza yes, uh, the other day who's brilliant and they said something that i i think had been in my head but them actually saying it was like oh yeah that's exactly how I've been feeling um they said that they'd never had a pause put on their work because when you're someone that is job to job and you're a freelancer and you know we never know where exactly the next mm. job's coming from or maybe you know it sometimes you've got a couple of jobs in a row and that's great but you know you're always working to create that new thing yes and, sure. and, and I yeah I totally agreed with them that yeah I've never had this enforced pause and actually they were talking about finding a way to enjoy it yeah which i thought was a really good well and i think as well because we're sometimes i think if you do anything creatively it's assumed oh you basically do a hobby for a living you know what I mean? <laughs> and um yeah. and actually everybody i know who works in creative industries works really hard like nobody because yes. you're self-employed so at the end of the day there's it's no up slackers, to you. Really, there's no real there? slackers so i think having to but switching that off or or learning of you know new ways to kind of approach that is it, it's powerful and hopefully it's positive I hope so. I mean, hopefully this moment is a reflection that we're not just the sum of our output. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that actually it reflects on, on how hard freelancers work. Um, there's a lot of like conversation always around like, oh, I, you know, back in the day when I'd tell people I want to be an actor, tell mm. people I wanted to be an actor and it was often met with like, oh, that's a bit tricky. Oh, it's a hard yeah, one. That. Yeah. But yeah. The, the, the question is how to work out of work or how to sustain when you are working like those days for rest and those moments to really check in of like, if you're not knowing when um, when you can make, there's a underlying panic or anxiety, I think around like, you know, when, when, the, next, um, when the next gig is coming. And I think that's like a moment to also reflect on, like um, what, what do we want to make now, now that th there's been a huge seismic shift in our, in our planet, essentially. Yeah. So what have you been doing to fill your time? Enough of this. What have you created? Come on. Do a one woman show. Come on. Do, do you know what I mean? One thing I'm not doing is, is like anything too heavily Zoom based. I'm, I'll be totally honest. I'm not, I'm not digging the, sh the shows on Zoom. Not that I don't think we need a place to adapt, but I'm much more interested in like, I've been doing a lot of writing. Like, okay, like, oh, yeah. like what about, um, you know, utilising 
um, my interest in poetry in a new way. Um, mm. So I think like just really having the time to write has been awesome. Yeah, yeah that's, and to have that quiet time, I think, is, is so important to write. Yeah. So actually sort of having fewer distractions is, is, is good in a way, isn't it? It is good. And I don't know if you guys find this when you're sat down to like, you know, do something that's been on your mind. I'm, I'm like a horrible person to be around. Like my girlfriend's like, you don't want me to speak to you when you're writing. I'm like, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that. I accept that. Correct. <laughs> that is right. I will leave and write in a socially distanced cafe. <laughs> yeah. but, um, I think there is something in that though, like what it is to work in the house, you know, like if you're a creative, you don't have those nine to five it sounds pretty obvious, but like, what does working mean? What was the line, you know? So I've been sitting yeah. on my laptop a lot. Yeah. That's something that we've talked about a lot because Tom's currently writing a book and you keep quite strange hours, don't you? I do keep odd hours. I don't want to tell yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Pray do tell. Tom. Well, I realised that, you know, you can't sit down at nine o'clock in the morning. Well, I can't sit down at nine o'clock in the morning and just tap, 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 tap. I need a bit of time just to settle into being at the desk relaxing and almost kind of exhausting like my John Lewis website searches, which are almost exhausted, exhaustive. Um, but, uh, but, um, sorry, I, Tom, remind me, are you gay? I am by the way, gay. <laughs> uh, um, and just kind of, yeah. And I'll look at, you know, whatever. And then, and then I'll go, now I want to write. And so I might start, might not start writing until 2 PM. And then, but then I'll write into How big into, like, is the John Lewis website? You're there at nine, all the way to two. Thousands of articles. No, I don't sit down at nine. <laughs> I can't, I'm not, I'm not a morning person. And I've, I'm 37 and I know that now of myself. I forgive myself. Yes. Yeah, I hear that. I think you, mornings, you? Do you, I find mornings can be very, very anxious periods. Yes, I feel like that because I mean, sometimes it, it does work, but a lot of the time it's like, oh gosh, I should be doing so much. It's the morning. Now's the time. Now's the best word of the day to get everything done. And I'm like, catch the worm, catch, catch the worm. worm. <laughs> catch the worm. Oh my God. What is the so? What is the phrase? I, yeah, catch the worm. Eat your frog is, an, is another good one. Oh, that. what does that mean? Is that based on something? I, I have no idea. It feels oh. very folkloric, doesn't it? But I, yeah, need, I feel like I just need to get my stuff done. It's like, oh, just, just eat, just eat your frog. Just. I've never heard that maybe before. Maybe it's wiggling. Is that why? Because it's jumping. <laughs> I've never heard that before, Joe. I mean, this is what happens also in these conversations is like this weird confessional space of Zoom where I just don't stop talking. That's something I need to keep, you know, keep in mind. Oh, no. Have you, I mean, please, have you, have you welcome. Welcome. <laughs> welcome home. We, yeah, it's very much a spiritual home. Feel free to come here whenever you like. We're just, Thanks, guys. We've been talking... I mean, a lot Ooh, for, five for five years, years now, so. and, and we still haven't run out of things to say, which is amazing. Although some people will sometimes tweet, "You've already told that story." Well, um, okay, fine. Well, we we won't do that on the uh, on 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 the other podcast we do. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys have a rule of like, you know, you can only repeat certain times, or um, I mean, I'm assuming because. I mean, that wouldn't work, would it? To just repeat the same story? Or is there like, it's you know? A, that's part of the, it's like an installation, actually. We just do this <laughs> same story every week. Great, it's a durational performance piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's sort of thing you see in the Tate Modern. Very We're just, we've been working through the complete works of Shakespeare for five years, just do half yeah. an hour at a time. I remember going right. to see an art exhibit, I think it was at the Tate Modern, where somebody was just reading out like a, like a, a map, like an index of a map or something, or like, it was really like, it was really long and they were just reading it out like, and then people would like come in and then read for a, like a day of like ordnance survey, like coordinates. Are you was, sure you didn't just bump into someone reading a map? I might have done. 
let me tell you, I was not good on directions for them. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so confused. What are you looking for? <laughs> the so tape have their own. This they is have a their terrible. Own this is a terrible installation. Oh, you are not. <laughs> they were doing the Duke of Edinburgh. Anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, so. so, so Jess, the reason that we wanted to um, get you on the podcast was, of course, to talk to you and to highlight your work. Also, can you talk about, tell us what your theatre company is called, so oh, that yes. when we're out of all of this and people yes. are looking for something brilliant to go and see, they can go and see what you're up to. Awesome. Uh, we are called Theatre with Legs. Um, it's co-founded with my very, very close mate, Lucy Bairstow. And um, yeah, we, we've had a bit of a hiatus, but actually... We plan to and have been speaking about for, for a while about making um kind of staging an album about uh, regional identity. Um, and yeah, but you know what? It's similar to you guys, you know, like we're just, there's no one in, there's like very few people in my life that make me laugh and, you know, close to, you know, the rolling around on the floor type laughing. Um, and I just love making with Loose. And I know, I know we've got a lot of stuff I guess they were just planning a reunion, like, you know, how, how we can get stuff going again. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting. And we've been working together for, yeah, about, well, shit, since about 2011 now. Oh, wow. So quite a while. I think it's good that there already is such a hunger for work, like you describe, and from, from new voices and from, you know, people just doing stuff organically from themselves. I think I, that's the sort of stuff I love to go and see. And yeah. I love, you know, and maybe you know maybe the people people will be able to see you in, in an unconventional space that would be exciting as well who knows well you know if, if, if initially we're planning the album so there's all there's so much we could do with that you know what is right. it to, we even had questions initially about how to how, how do you actually stage an album do you know what i mean how how is there because often we work a lot with clown and potentially there's a lot of expectation on the audience to engage but actually if you're if you're staging music you know we we envisaged like loads of people potentially just going with their eyes closed, just a listening experience or, but um, yeah, I, we'll see. But I just like hanging out and we talk, we're very obsessive. So essentially we just, you know, just take it to the stage after obsessing about it for hours. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, wow. So um, listen, we will uh, remind you uh, when we hear from Jess to say that they are doing something or if they're putting out something out in an audio fashion or if they're yeah. doing something sort of live where you can watch it, we'll be sure to let you know so that you can uh, support and get involved. Now, you were saying about regional identity, which links us quite nicely to the conversation that we were having about activism a little yeah. while ago, because you're from Hertfordshire, aren't you? I'm from Hertfordshire, yeah. And so what was, what was it like growing up there? I mean, at the time, as you, as you do as a kid, you don't necessarily even question that. Um, and now I can reflect back and think it was such a mix. It was such a mix of many things. But I, you know, it's, it's Hertfordshire is, as a home county, it's kind of, you imagine it, often there's a response from many people that when I say I'm from Hertfordshire, one of surprise. And, and that often makes me think, well, maybe there's this idea of what home county is. And, and I understand that, you know, the suburban, glossy uh, sort of image that maybe might come into our minds but for me Hertfordshire was so it's so beautiful it's such a beautiful county and it's not necessarily like one that comes to mind when you think of countryside but it's I love growing up in all that beautiful space that green space um but it was very white you know it's, it's a very white county and then I later moved to um study at, at Exeter University and you know Devon and Devon and Cornwall also both very white counties so I'm I'm I'm, I'm used to 
thinking about that now, but perhaps as a kid, that's not something that I, I essentially even consciously was, was, was tapping into. It was much more of a felt thing that was sort of underlying all the time. Um, but I was lucky. I went to, I had a very like, I, I feel like without, I had a very loving friendship group. Like I've always been very lucky in that. I've always felt very solid with, with my tribes, if you know what I mean. And I, I actually do sometimes question like how, I mean, it's a dangerous path to go down, but like how different would it have been without those mates? Um, so yeah, I felt very, very secure in my friendships. Um, and I, I'm from a very like sound, loving family. So I, I like for the most part, it was great. But obviously, as with all things, growing up in, as a minority um, is, is something that I've thought much more about as an adult. Yeah. Mm. And it was actually your, it's your cousin that's got a link to the Black Lives Matter Hertfordshire group. Yes. Yes. So, so I um, saw you sharing a, a, a link on Twitter being like, oh, guys, if you can be, if anyone's got any money. And that's when I was like, oh, what, what's, what's this? Can we, how, how can I shout about it sort of thing? This sounds great. So how did you first hear about them? Well, this is the mad thing, right? So. Black Lives Matter Hertfordshire popped up on my Twitter feed and I was like, great, you know, like, this is amazing. I, I, I was so excited because I honestly didn't necessarily anticipate a protest or so many regional protests. Um, even though it's close to London, you know, you don't necessarily get that feeling when you, when, you, when I go home, um, it almost feels like a separate, separate world to me. And, and I had no idea that my, my cousin was a part of this group. Like, it, 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 you know, she, she didn't, you know, she didn't, mention it at all she just passed me this link and I was like yes my county's showing up um mm -hmm. so then to discover that it was literally um on my doorstep with a group of young activists who who were just doing the do's they they weren't um there was no kind of level of um sort of virtue signaling or they, they what I love about this group is they just they just get down to it to the point where my cousin didn't even mention that she was part of this group um, and my, um, my background is my, my heritage. My, my dad is black British Caribbean and my mum is white British. And so the cousin actually that, um, that works with the, uh, the group as a part of this group is, is white. And, um, I think that's another kind of important thing to mention is like, when I tell people about this, there's an assumption that, um, that, you know, it's, it's like potentially, um, it was, it's, it's a black led conversation and the black, um activism is is hugely essential to center that, the black experience but you know teenagers from all ethnicities are, are um, getting involved in different types of activism uh, and that's what for me felt the, like one of the most exciting things to be a part of and sort of showing true allyship yeah sure. you know uh, helping you know not um you know not necessarily leading conversation not trying to center themselves in conversation at all, just being there, listening, showing up. Yeah, 100%. And, and, you know, they jam a lot together in many other spaces. That's one of the things I love most about teenagers is that it comes very, you know, don't get me wrong, they work really hard and they're an inner part of many other activist groups. But my cousin, you know, she, um, she is friends with, well, they're all mates. So I think that was something that I was really excited by as well. Like they were inviting me to, um, to speak at their event. And, um, and I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm really excited to learn more about what they as a group do and how they socialize as well as their activist spaces. 
I know because you messaged me after you'd been to see them and you were like wow these are sort of not teenagers these yes. are like don't think of it, it's like what we may have been like as teenagers like these right. are young people that are that know their stuff that are creating you know spaces that are you know being activists in really impressive ways yeah for sure and that that was a big uh sort of mirror back to me in a way that i had anticipated you know not never i like to think it wasn't in a patronizing way but i i perhaps didn't necessarily anticipate how kind of organized they were how on it they are um and actually when you think about regional protests um you have to be more if it's localized you have to be more on it because there isn't you know for example if you were to get a uh, a request for more information or dig into the local archives or you want a um, freedom of information request from like the local police for example um you have to work a lot harder in those spaces to organize events mm. um, and that's aside from the demographic and maybe the response that you might be met with in in different areas of the uk is definitely notably different to the, to the experience that it is when you protest in london um, but yeah, I mean, I, they were, they're incredible and they, they hugely inspired me to essentially just want to, want to, want to do more. And like, we must always take the time to chill and rest and work at whatever capacity we feel able, but I'm not ever going to give up on this stuff. Like that's just not an option because for them, it's not even a question of getting out there and, and just doing it. They don't even overthink it. They just do. So that's, that was hugely, um, yeah, just bloody inspiring. Well, Jess, thank you so much for introducing us to them. And now we very excitedly are going to a conversation that Tom and I had with two members of the Black Lives Matter Hertfordshire group. It was absolutely brilliant. We were blown away by just how brilliant they were. And I think it's, it's really our pleasure to be able to share them with you. Let's have a listen to that now. So, Tom, really excitingly, yes, is it? now we've got an opportunity to chat to some young people who are doing some incredible work, who we want to uh, support and listen to, mm-hmm. um, who are the group from Black Lives Matters Hertfordshire. Um, hi, guys. How are you doing? I'm good. Hi. Thank you. Good hi. Thing, yeah. Hi. And could you uh, introduce yourself uh, to us, please? Hi, my name's Ewa Adu. I'm 18 years old. I'm British-Nigerian. And I'm about to start uni this September and I'm studying politics and philosophy and I live in Hertfordshire. Oh, Ooh, great. Great to meet you. Great to meet you. Um, hi, I'm Zane. I'm also 18 from Hertfordshire. Um, I'm kind of in between going to university or a gap year, but I study film and make films and yeah, work with parts of that matter. Yeah. Great. Oh, that great. sounds so interesting. Hertfordshire, this is bad of me. What, which, where is Hertfordshire? Is it? It's north, north of London. London. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. like the the home counties. Yeah, it's about oh. like forty minutes away from London. How did um, BLM Hearts start? How did that? When did that begin? Um, it kind of began in response to what happened in America, the murder of George Floyd. Um, I think it was seen as like this is now. Um, weirdly, it was a good time to kind of speak up, even though it's so awful what actually brought that to happen. It was an opportunity to be like, well, we need to address this here. We need to stand in solidarity with what's going on globally, as well as highlighting the fact that there is still racism where we live. I think a lot of people just say, oh, why are you doing a group 
um, fighting for America when you're in the United Kingdom, but people don't realize that this is actually a really big issue here. Mm. And so we've been able to kind of use the group to highlight what's going on here as well as standing in solidarity globally. And so how did you, how did it, how did it start? Was it a, was it on sort of uh, social media or did you, did you know lots of people in the area that wanted to get involved? Um, I, I don't even know how you would, you're so young, clearly so bright and you, you know, and you're doing yeah. shit, you're getting yeah. shit done and you're yeah. making noise and that's so inspiring and brilliant. And we're so lucky that you're spending some time with us on the podcast. But how do you even start that conversation of, of going, we need to create something here, locally as well as globally? Um, I think Zane literally, I think it was a, a few weeks after it happened, um, you'd seen so many protests in London and demonstrations, but very few in like places like Hertfordshire that were more remote. And then I think Zane literally just messaged me like, we should do something. And she just created a group chat and we were just brainstorming ideas. Because I think obviously she has a lot of links with um, um, the climate change organisations. And we just started and we were brainstorming and had Zoom calls and thought, what can we do? And things like that. It's all very informal. So we just like... Um, just try and brainstorm and get as many people involved in the activism yeah you know you, you saying um it's really important the point that you made earlier Zane about how people often think like oh why are you doing something that is about America when of course it's not this is happening it's entrenched in our society there's institutional racism that we need to all be aware of and need to address certainly as white people we need to address that and we need to you know make positive steps forward but what is it that was sort of, was there something specific that was happening locally or was it just about that sort of ingrained racism that exists within the UK? Um, I think it was more the fact that some people that, I, people that I've grown up around, um, particularly white people that I've grown up around, were kind of, as I was posting online and talking about this on my own social media, they kind of didn't see that this was actually like something that they needed to be involved in. And it was really upsetting that like, some people are like, I don't really want to have this conversation or I'm just going to kind of brush over what you're talking about. And I'd have a few people say things like, it's inspiring that you're talking about it, but it's not something that should be inspiring. It's something for all of us to be like involved in and talking about. Like, it's great that we can appreciate um, our actions, but I kind of wanted more than just a thumbs up message from a friend. I kind of wanted people to get more involved. They need to um, be there awareness. at the marches and walk shoulder to shoulder with you guys and show yeah. proper solidarity rather than just liking a tweet. Yeah, exactly. It feels as well that um, maybe I'm, I, I, I understand that people have sort of, it's it started a conversation which feels like that's a really important part because and you mentioned there about how it's so easy just to brush over things or to just sort of go, oh, that's a bit uncomfortable. Um, and it, it feels like, what feels a big part of it is is talking openly. Is, is that something that you found? Um, yeah, I think as time progressed and people were like, okay, this isn't just like another video of a murdered black man. Um, I, people were having more conversations, even in my church, they addressed it and had like a conversation. Um, and like people have been trying to actually facilitate meaningful conversations to make smaller change on like a smaller scale. And I think that's kind of come from um, the fact that we were pressing on locally and saying we're not just going to disappear after what had happened. Like we've continued to be consistent in what we were doing. 
I know that uh, BOL Hearts is something that is um, that is growing and you're continuing to have those conversations. What is it that you're hoping that people within your community will hear? We have aims. So one of our aims was ensuring that, because I think Hertfordshire is like, it's a very predominantly white area. So I think there's like very few, there's like less black and ethnic minority people. So if like, for example, when I was growing up in school, um, we didn't have many black history assemblies. So one of our aims is ensuring that uh, every single school in Hertfordshire is committed to doing black history workshops um, so that we can have that. Yeah. That's so important. I can't believe, like, you know, I went to school a little while ago, sure. But, you know, I just think we got so, like, we got so little black history and there were, you know, and I had black friends at school and they, and you just think, oh, it's just, it's such a white, it's not the, it's not the absence of black history. It's also the whitewashing of history. Yeah. Um, and, and the inability to d- maybe have serious discussions about things that actually happened. Because I think, again, because of uncomfortableness, because of a whitewashing, because of a, will, a, a desire to paint history through some sort of rose-tinted lenses rather than actually sort of engage with, with the truthfulness of what happened. Would you mind, Zane, would you mind telling us about some of the other aims of, your, of, of the group? Yeah, um, so kind of beyond, I mean, the main focus is education. Um, so beyond like school workshops, we have like, we want to hopefully take what we do on Zoom, like, post um obviously everything's a bit confusing at the moment but kind of like hopefully doing meetings and like sessions with like the wider community and like community centers and just having like like you said conversations like making that really important and making space for people to just come and like sit and like just talk um and especially for like other black people and other um ethnic groups in Hertfordshire to have a space where they can just speak and like exist and hopefully get across what it is that they've experienced so we can kind of like work from there and like build to change like the climate here. Sure yeah and, and how have you found that it's been been received in the in the local community is it has there been a, a positive response? I think it's been quite mixed I think depending on where you are in Hertfordshire so like say where I am most people are quite um open to like um different groups like I don't think there's as much tension like what so what happened in Hoddesdon where we were faced with like anti-protesters that were screaming at us for being there really um, yeah um and like the language that they used where I live that wouldn't happen and that's just like a 40 minute difference on like across the motorway um really? so it's yeah it's a really odd mix you can't really tell um like I'd say here it was quite where I am is quite open to having these conversations but somewhere else might not be it's just it's really dependent but I think in general it's been quite good um a lot of people have just got in touch to say that they're glad to even though that it's not been even though it's not been easy they're glad that we're doing what we're doing absolutely uh, yeah. and I mean that's um yeah and, and that's exactly sort of the reason that I was so delighted that you guys were up coming on the podcast because I think it's so wonderful that you exist and we want more people to know that you do now um our listeners are um, are brilliant, and I'm sure there's, they're thinking, well, Suze, Tom, how can we reach out? How can we get in touch? How can we support? What what can people do that would be of use? What can we follow as their donation pages? How can we support you guys? So, yeah, we're in the process of organising our own workshops to um, get Black history taught in schools, like to use um, drama and poetry, so it's more accessible for children. Um, so I think getting the um the views of teachers and just getting pe- 
the obviously the money and financial resources to make that happen would be very helpful and just getting um, a wide like group of people who can help like teachers and creatives to help with that would be really helpful and how can people find all about that is that twitter would that be a good place to start or is there an instagram page oh uh, yeah we have an instagram a handle it's at hot blm and is that the same um, handle for twitter yeah same handle for twitter great oh, fantastic and i i think as well that um you, you know, perhaps like more than you realise, just that people will be following what you're doing and will feel, um, uh, will, will not, I know, word inspired is not one that you might, but will feel in, in, uh, empowered, in, empowered in, and emboldened to um, to join with you. And I think, um, so uh, uh, it's, it's um, yeah, it's really great to chat to you guys. And um, all of our listeners, please do reach out, listen, get in touch. If you are one of those people with loads of money, put your hands in your pockets, guys. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for your time. I hope that um, you've enjoyed having a chat with us. No, thank uh, you for having us. Thank you. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. pleasure. And um, yeah, as Tom said, we don't want to use the word inspired because I think you're right. It's, <laughs> there's lots of connotations around it. But I'm really delighted that you shared your time with us. And I really hope that in some small way we um, get the message out to some of our listeners. Thank you very much. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Like-Minded Friends. Yes, and you. if you are a person who, are an, who might be an activist or maybe you're a creator of someone and you'd like to get in touch with us and maybe share what you do on Like-Minded Friends, please do get in touch. Um, as you know, we're both on Twitter or we're on Instagram or alternatively, you can email chat to likemindedfriends at gmail.com. Yeah. You're both smiling as I'm saying that because the email's so long. It's such a great email. It's such a great Every email week, address. I think, what a great email address we've got. Um, but do get in touch. Um, we love yeah. to hear from you. We love, we love emails, and no, we love all. We love all means of communication. Um, I really enjoyed today's episode, and I really hope that all our listeners did too. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm very excited for all our listeners to be aware of of, of what we talked about, and and to engage, and to. Um, and, and to be part of what was discussed. Yes, absolutely. And if you would like to learn more, please do. Uh, in the show notes, there are details about Black Lives Matters Hertfordshire and also about Jess Moraine and her theatre company. So please do have a look and support. And thank you as ever for listening to Like Minded Friends and we will see you again next week. We will. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.